point is, the end result is the same. Duty calls. I have searched the world over before you. That is so cool. You guys all just have this really tight bond. Just call me the computer whisperer. He seemed so nice and normal. You don't want to come back to my place? That smell makes me nauseous. I thought it was going to be a slow night. It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Can we go now? Welcome to Beer with Buffy, everyone. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. And today on Beer with Buffy, we're going to be reviewing Season 6, Episode 4, Flooded. Flooded. Are you excited, Rex? Sure. Would you say that you're flooded? No. Oh. Well, I'm flooded. (laughs) Aren't you always? Yep. (laughs) It's a fucking storm down there, bro. (laughs) Get your life preservers. Wear your rubber pants. Oh, fuck. (laughs) You'll need them. Don't forget an umbrella and some suntan lotion. Mainly the sunglasses because I glow in the dark. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The suntan lotion's just for ambience. Oh, I don't think I was prepared for this today. You know, the smell, really, Uh. it's what really gets you, what brings you back. (laughs) Those childhood moments. I don't even know what you're talking about. I've long since lost track. (laughs) It's fine. Somebody follows. Somebody gets me. There's like three people out there that really get me, and the rest are just watching the train wreck. (laughs) Maybe so, but we have a solid listener base. I'm sure at least one, two percent. Twelve people. (laughs) Twelve people. (laughs) Don't don't undercut yourself, Josh. <laughs> There's at least a baker's dozen. <laughs> Isn't a baker's dozen 14 people? 13. Oh, 13. Something like that. God damn it. I have to fucking look it up now. <laughs> Shit. Well, while Rex looks that up, today on Beer with Buffy, uh, we do have uh, a voicemail and an email and a new patron to announce and celebrate hallelujah you're correct it is 13 aha i was right well bagok 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 <laughs> we have executive doodle doos our new one is audrey two french last names bridget mccloy my favorite part is because that's because they actually have two french last names that rex cannot pronounce that is correct to be fair <laughs> i probably can't either <laughs> Dead Serious, Callista, Allie B, Nathan Lancy, Dulcinea, Rachel Gregory, Rachel Doodle Doo, D. Sharinghausen, Club E. Seal, Mr. Tabalicious, Sandra Craig, Jay Sommer, Christina, Catherine Parkinson, Karen Moon, Chris V. Man, Pat Likes Turtles, Scarlet Choi, Bad at Changing Their Name Heaps, Kfro Horse Dildo with the BWB logo. No. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Father DeFinistrato, Kelly MC, Jesse Rain, Alex from the Heart, and Carrie Phillips. Thank you so much. Without you, this show literally isn't possible. And welcome, Audrey, to, you know, whatever this is. Yes, welcome to the train wreck. <laughs> the titular, um, I just wanted to say titular. Because um, <laughs> of our first episode, that's the title, Welcome to the Train Wreck. Anyway. Yes. Um, speaking of Callista. 
Callista sent us a voicemail yes. specifically about this episode, and then another voicemail specifically about a different episode, but of Angel, so we're talking about that later again. I may or may not play a little bit of that voicemail in this gap right here. Beep. Hey, it's Callista. I just watched Flooded, and there were a lot of really great scenes. My favorite this time was when the trio were arguing and Jonathan and Warren were getting really salty about the prom dogs and kept blaming Andrew. And finally, Andrew's like, hello, screen wipe, new scene, (laughs) and pantomimes a screen moving across his face. (laughs) It made me chuckle. I loved it. And then just decided that I'm 100% using this the next time I want to change the subject. So that was my favorite part. Thank you guys so much for doing this podcast. I just realized it's season six, which means there's only one season left, and that made me really sad, but I'm going to enjoy it, and hopefully it's something you guys just keep going with new stuff. Anyways, thanks. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for the sound effects, Rex. You know, Callista mentioned really liking the, like, screen wipe thing that Andrew did in the scene that right. she was talking about. Yep. And it, it was makes pretty me, bitchy. Loved well, it. It makes me wonder. It's like, okay, how old is she? Because that's a very 90s thing. Mm-hmm. And, like, it didn't, like, jump out at me at all because it's a very 90s thing. I could see how it could come off as clever to anybody who's never heard it before, though. Well, yeah. I mean, things come, things go out of style and then come back. No, I'm, I'm just, it makes me wonder... Like, what's the age range of our audience? Oh, I'm fairly certain they're all pretty much our age. We just happened to grab the exact demographic of ourselves. And I don't <laughs> think it's a coincidence, Rex. No, I don't think it's a coincidence. Um, that's just how this do. Yeah, uh, I, I thought that part was extra funny because I listened to your voicemail before I watched the episode and honestly, I wouldn't have noticed it otherwise, but it tickles me that it tickles you. I'm happy for you. I like that they they wrote it that way, obviously, because like maybe they just couldn't get that actor. So they needed they cast the actor for Andrew and they're like, uh, we got to like give him some sort of history here. And they just they wrote him in that he's the younger brother because there's no mention of him in that episode. Because this is the first time we ever meet this character, right? Right, yeah. He's not in any prior... Right. Okay, I didn't realize he was somebody's younger brother. Is he Warren's younger brother? Uh, no, no, no. Um, I forget his older brother's name, but his older brother was the character who summoned the Hellhounds to break up the prom. It was, I think, a season one or two episode. Th- that's another issue. I don't remember that at all. Is that a thing that actually happened? Yeah. God, I got a. It was very early in the series. Was it okay? It wasn't the hyenas that took over Xander, was it? No, it was not the hyenas. I should have looked it up, but I'm gonna look it up later. I'm sure it'll jog my memory. Everything just melts together now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's when you're doing a a project like this over years. Sure, it gets hard to keep track. Yeah. Um, but Callista also about realizing that we only have one season left because um, we're on season six and also there's season seven. Well, I mean, we only just started season six. So really, there's right. there's two seasons plus Angel. Yeah. So 
Uh, we're not going anywhere for a while. <laughs> Plus, there's that new Audible series that's coming out with James Marsters and Chris right. McCarpenter, and uh, who? And uh, okay, good good transition into. We also got an email from somebody named Rose saying that they loved Buffy when they were a kid, and now they're uh, they teach women's Muay Thai kickboxing um and self-defense and stuff because buffy showed them how to be brave and stand up to monsters when they were young and they want to do the same and they're thanking us for helping keep the buffy fandom alive you're welcome thank you for listening um what was my segue fuck i'm an old man um (laughs) oh she talks about us reading the comic books oh yeah yeah the comic books that's where i was going with that thank you she reminds us rose reminds us that there are comic books i would like to review the comic books when we're done with the the tv series but uh rex is a wet blanket and does not want to (laughs) i'm not a wet blanket about it i just i'm unsure and it's kind of a where is life taking us sort of thing you know when right when we're done with this project like where will we be in life? Like for some reason, it did not occur to me that we'd be doing this podcast for as long as we have been. Yep. And you know, (laughs) well, we'd have been done with Buffy a while ago if if we'd kept uh, going uh, every week. Right. Yeah, that's true, but that's okay. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. It's, it's going to be a minute anyway. And uh, Rose also says, thank you for putting the interview together with Harry Groening. Groening? Groener. Groener. (laughs) Sorry, Rose. You wrote Groening in the the email, but his actual last name is Groener. We've actually had a good number of uh, hits recently on that YouTube video of our interview. Really? I didn't notice. Yeah, we even got a comment on there, I think, relatively recently. But because I have ADHD, I saw that we had a comment, and then I completely forgot about it. Yeah, we'll check that out later. Uh, was there anything else we needed to cover? I think that was it. No, I think that that that's the whole kitten caboodle. Okay, bringing back that term now. I mean, it's kind of timeless, isn't it? Yes, as uh, as Julius Caesar once said, <laughs> I think that's the whole kitten caboodle. Ow! Quick question for you, Josh. At two, Brute. Uh, quick question for you, Josh. How often do you think about the Roman Empire? Not often. Same. Yeah, usually around about the same time that I think about late stage capitalism failing. <laughs> well, well, I think about that one all the time. Only when I need to argue that uh, that empires historically only last about two hundred fifty years. The reason I ask is there's apparently a trend on fucking tiktok or whatnot that apparently a mass majority of men think about the roman empire on a like weekly basis weekly huh yeah see i don't think i know enough about it to really think about it that often i mean i i know a good a good amount because i read a book series that involved the roman empire so i fell down that long rabbit hole sure well i watched aladdin once (laughs) and he totally made a reference to Julius Caesar getting stabbed in the back. So, um, also, I've eaten several Caesar salads in the last couple of months. And I'm sure you've had Little Caesar's Pizza. Oh, God. Only, like, once a couple months ago to remind myself that it tastes like clay garbage. You know, I had Little if Caesar's Play-Doh, a lot when I was a kid. If Play-Doh came out with flavors, <laughs> and one of them was garbage... And then you heated it up and burned it a little. (laughs) 
That's Little Caesar's Pizza. <laughs> Too harsh? Not harsh enough. I, mean, I think it wasn't harsh enough, but I am proud of myself for that I, one. <laughs> I can't eat Little Caesar's Pizza. It does devastating things to my digestive system. <laughs> I thought you were going to say your genitals. So it was like, I'm, what? No. You're not supposed to eat it that way, Rex. <laughs> but anyway yes it does terrible things to your digestive system because (laughs) it's hot play-doh garbage (laughs) anyway we're here to do a podcast we are doing a podcast it's time for a mom we're we're doing the obligatory (laughs) 10 minutes of bullshit talk before we start the actual show you're welcome (laughs) joshua what are you doing, Joshua? Not fixing your plumbing, that's for fucking sure. <laughs> but Joshua, how will I pay for all of these repairs if I use a certified repairman? Do you think I just know how to do these things because I'm a male? Well, of course, Joshua. Aren't you just born with it? No, Mom, that's Maybelline. You're getting your commercials confused. <laughs> but I thought having a man around the house would solve all of my problems. Oh, you're right. I know how we can pay for the repairs. Why don't we cash in your life insurance? (laughs) That won't work. That's only for when I die. That's right. (laughs) Hey, now, just because we killed off your father together. Hey, I'm not dead yet. Shut up, Dad. Get back under the floorboards. (laughs) Who are you talking to, Joshua? What? No one. Hey, did you watch today's episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Because Buffy has some plumbing issues that are super expensive. And as she's trying to get a loan to help pay for it, a demon robs the bank and she fights him. Turns out that that little fight complicated things with the mercenary demon's proprietors, who are just some nerdy kids that are getting in way over their heads. They give the demon Buffy's address to get him out of their hair because they don't want to appease him by attempting to kill Buffy. Meanwhile, Giles is back in town, and although overjoyed to have Buffy back, he has some harsh words for Willow's indiscretions. Buffy is super depressed and bonds a little more with Spike over it. The demon shows up in the middle of the night and Buffy slays him but destroys the house during the fight, exacerbating Buffy's already bad financial troubles. So when Angel calls and wants to see her, she goes running, not hesitating about leaving her troubles behind for everyone else to clean up. The end. Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, down, down. So, cold open on Buffy's basement. Buffy's basement, specifically. It is technically her mother's basement, but it's okay because she's dead. (laughs) Actually, I think Buffy actually owns the house now. Mm -hmm. So, like, it is Buffy's basement. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, Well, okay, yeah. It's it's not Buffy's mom's basement anymore. Exactly. Yeah, that's why I said it's okay, (laughs) because Joyce is dead. Love you, Joyce. Bye-bye. Give me your house. Kind of miss you. A little bit. Yeah. Well, you know, they had to go and make us care about her two episodes before she died. <laughs> exactly. Come on. No, uh, 
She's down in the basement investigating a leaky pipe. Buffy battles the heinous Mr. Drippy. Dawn comes down the stairs and uh, asks Buffy if she wants her to call a plumber. And innocent little Dawn gets caught in the crossfire. <laughs> Buffy doesn't need a plumber, doesn't want a plumber, doesn't need a man to fix her problems. Mm-mm. She takes that that monkey wrench and puts it on the pipe and makes a mess out of it her damn self. Ooh, can you call it a monkey wrench? Is that okay still? That's a bad joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which makes it a good joke. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, she puts... Puts the wrench on... You've derailed me with that. Puts the wrench... Puts the wrench on the, on pipe, the pipe and then turns it and it's all well and good up until for about all three, the pipes... For about and, three seconds. Yeah. All the pipes in the basement explode, spraying water everywhere. Boom. I would like to point out that this is not how plumbing works. <laughs> Isn't it though? If you, if you had any guesses, this is not how plumbing works. I mean... It's... <laughs> Oh, that's a bad joke. Is it how women's plumbing works? No, it's how no plumbing works this they way. They just you just turn a wrench and they go sploosh, right? This this could physically is impossible. I've been in relationships <laughs> with many women. Okay, can you tell? <laughs> God, I hope none of them are listening to this podcast right now because they'd be sitting there going like, yeah, that. That about sums it um, up. That explains so many things. <laughs> <laughs> I can only think of one that maybe might still listen. I'm not sure who you mean, but I'll ask you when I'm editing. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, we're in the kitchen after the opening sequence. Yes. Meow, 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 meow. Oh, that's Angel. Um, <laughs> that's fine. Imagine the Buffy sequence, opening sequence being meowed. In fact, you don't really need to imagine because we have a, a video on YouTube where exactly that oh, I happens. I forgot you made that. Quite a lot. You're welcome. I'm going to upload the Angel one later. Um, not I, now. I promise. Not right. Yeah, right this second. <laughs> Pause. Okay. Now I've done that. Let's move on. So while Tara and Willow are slinging suppositions around that that a singular house's pipes seem capable of holding the entire town's water supply, uh, Buffy stares into the ethereal white noise of the kitchen faucet. Yeah, she's pretty out of it. A little bit. And they notice Dawn isn't eating any breakfast. I think Tara specifically. Yeah. Okay, yeah. She noticed Dawn isn't eating any breakfast. And Buffy drones on nonsensically about how breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Which <laughs> you is should a, eat three breakfasts. At least three times a day. I was like, okay, Drusilla. Oh, it's Buffy. <laughs> um, anyway, I mean, that's that whole thing is a myth to begin with. Right. Breakfast is absolutely not even really particularly necessary and probably bad for your digestion, from what I heard. Prove me wrong. Oh. Yeah. First person to Google it gets a free T-shirt. <laughs> Just kidding. That's not how that works. Um, but if you want to buy our T-shirts, um, that's a thing you can do. Ask me how. Give us a call at 269-743-0783. Um, that's something we failed to mention in the email that we got. Rose specifically mentioned that the entire reason she even knew about our podcast is because she saw someone else in 
New Orleans. Yeah, she saw someone else in New Orleans wearing a uh, Beer with Buffy tank top. Yeah, who the fuck went to New Orleans wearing a Beer with Buffy shirt? Was it UK Fronome? I think it might have I'm been. I'm pretty sure it was. <laughs> I, I, That's immediately who I suspected. Because I'm um, pretty sure you're the only person who's ever bought a Beer with Buffy yeah, tank top. I think so. <laughs> if, if so... Thank you so much. You're doing the good work. <laughs> Spreading the good word. Yeah. Good job. Good job. But small correction, that is not what Rose said. Rose said that um, they found our podcast a year later and then remembered that they had seen oh, our logo okay. somewhere else. Okay, yeah. And that was where. Still. 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 That's that's pretty amazing. I love it. Pretty happy about it. God, it, it, at least we've we've found out on some level that some piece of merch has done at least something. Yeah. For fuck's sake. So everybody, your homework this year uh, is to get a flash mob <laughs> yes. wearing beer with Buffy tank tops or you know any type of beer with Buffy merch yeah. really at Mardi Gras. Everybody go to Mardi Gras or you know what? Let's be original. Do it somewhere else. Yeah. Surprise us. Yeah. Do that. Make your own parade. (laughs) (laughs) It's the Beer with Buffy parade. That's not happening. Um, So the the point is, don't eat breakfast three times a day unless you want to. You're an adult. That being said, breakfast for dinner is so good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, Waffles are better at night than in the morning. Nevertheless, I can actually see the 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 propagandists that made the food pyramid trying to push that you eat breakfast three times a day, and then oh, yeah. also lunch and dinner. <laughs> anyway, Willow shuts off the faucet, breaking Buffy's trance. Dawn agrees to eat something before school, and then Xander enters with Tito, the amazing plumber extraordinaire. <laughs> and Xander cracks a joke about how the basement looks like they should start gathering two of every animal. Yep. Apparently, they need a full copper repipe. Yeah. What? Uh, I don't know much about plumbing, Rex. That's not. Is that a thing? Uh, Do you need copper piping you, for plumbing? I mean, it used to be that copper pipes were the norm go-to for plumbing. Okay. It's no longer the case. Mm-hmm. Now we have a plumbing a product called Pack, which is essentially it's a type of plastic. Which is way better than copper because it can't ero- er, corrode. corrode at all. Good, um, good. Although copper is very corrosive resistant compared to, you know, most other forms of piping for houses. Yeah. But what, uh, what are most other ones made out of? Like steel or? Galvanized steel. Um, yeah, that sounds like it would taste like shit. You know, depending on how old your house is, it could also have just some good old-fashioned lead. I would love to... <laughs> oh, God. Lead pipes? Just oh, yeah, straight up lead. Used to be. Fuck me. Long time ago. You, you you can't find that much nowadays. Hmm. Not in houses. You still have them in water systems, unfortunately. I mean, copper pipes sound like that would... That wouldn't make for delicious water, though. It would taste like copper. Ever suck on a penny? No, I mean, uh, copper is pretty good at resisting water corrosion. Lame. Um, I want my water to taste like pennies. It depends on how acidic your water is. But, no, for early 2000s, uh, have to do a complete redo of all the copper uh, plumbing. Mm -hmm. That would make unquestionably a uh, a phone number sized bill 
<laughs> yeah, because Tito tells them that if they have any questions, he's left his phone number. Dawn pops over and she's like, well, that's a funny looking phone number. But she's looking at the price. Yeah. Oops. I mean, wouldn't that be, that'd be seven digits, wouldn't it? Yeah. Unless they're, but in the 90s and early 2000s, I think it wasn't completely commonplace yet to always use the area code. No, it was not. So it not. could have just been uh, five digits. Right. Or seven. Wait. My guess. Ten digits is with the area code. So it was still seven digits. Yeah. Which it could have been seven digits with two decimal places, which that actually is oh, a that, realistic kind of price for that, that makes sort sense. Of job. Yeah. Because so then, it, then it we're only looking digits. at. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, like that, ten ten thousand dollars at minimum. Oh yeah. Yeah. Easy. Depending, like if you had to completely replumb an entire fucking house, right? Which if. However the fuck it happened, the fact that all the pipes exploded in the house, yeah. I'm amazed that she can run water in the fucking kitchen. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't gather whether he had already done the job or if he still needs no, to do the job, and it, that's an estimate. I, The way it's written, it sounds like it's an estimate, not that it's actually been done. But how is the water running in the fucking kitchen? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think the joke uh, about um, how much water can the pipes in one house hold, and they said apparently the entire town water supply, yeah. was because they were flushing out the pipes. Possibly. But that's obviously not what it really looked like. Either way, we've spent far too long on plumbing. Far too long. <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, Willow's concerned about how expensive that'll be for a full copper repipe. Xander claims he did some haggling and that Tito's prices are all on the up and up. Buffy's like, whatever, we'll pay it. What's the big fucking deal? And Willow's like, yeah, about that. <laughs> hey, Buffy. So. How do you feel about money? I hope you don't mind not having it. Because <laughs> cut to the living room where Buffy scoffs over a pile of paperwork and mail as the entire Scooby gang sits across from her, staring at her woefully. Uh, Buffy can't figure out why she's broke now. And Willow says, Joyce left everything all taken care of, but then hospital bills fucked them. And my first thought was, what hospital bills? She fucking keeled over and croaked. There's no hospital bills from I mean, that. she did have brain surgery. But she did have the brain surgery, I remembered. Yeah. And uh, stay in the hospital. I think she was in the hospital also. Oh, no, no. It was the it was the tumor that like made her go crazy. And then there yeah. was that whole thing with Glory. Right. So she was in and out of the hospital for pretty much all of season five, it seems like. Yeah, no, that like this is very true to life is all I'm saying. It's very American. Yes. Yeah the most american thing ever i don't know why anyone moves here honestly why would you i don't know to take the money back to their own country where they can live <laughs> off of it for 20 years if you can get back out of the country after it's dealing with its living expenses right so yeah but uh, but joyce had insurance though didn't she i mean she had a good job the 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 plumbing problem is something that homeowners insurance would fucking take care of right like, yeah yeah but there were there we are throwing logic into a fucking story and ruining the plot i know either way i call bullshit i think willow spent it all on the urn of osiris <laughs> i mean if it was so rare it would have been expensive and extremely fuzzy sweaters <laughs> yes and that she one has some extremely fuzzy sweaters and that one that looks like carpet 
Uh, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Also, you don't have to pay medical debt. It falls off your credit report in seven years, just like bankruptcy. I'm talking from experience, people. <laughs> so whatever. Anya adds that the house all by itself is hemorrhaging money just by sitting there doing nothing. And I'm like, okay, I mean, utilities is one thing. Property well, taxes aren't cheap in California, I'm sure. Um, it actually is uh, mentioned when Buffy later tries to go get the loan that property values in Sunnydale on a whole are shit. And so probably what it is. Because it's on a hellmouth. Yeah. So probably. It's worse than Swampland. It's losing money because it's just losing value. It's not gaining any value like normal housing's supposed to. Although that's complete and total fucking scam. Yeah. No, that's still bullshit either way. And also. They are poking a big old um, hole right in their own plot hole here because uh, there's only two employed people in the room and it's Xander and Anya. Right. And they've got their own damn place. All the unemployed people moved into the same house together and then yeah. brought back from the dead another unemployed person. <laughs> it's not like she was previously employed. <laughs> right. And then lost the job because she died. She's just never had a job that I can think of. Cause we like, we haven't done the her getting a job at a at a fucking a burger place yet, have we? No, that's later. Yeah, I was thinking that was going to be this episode, but it's not. No. <laughs> God, I can't wait. So, but no, that that's a val a very valid point. Like all the unemployed people live in the fucking house, right? So you know, I suppose they would be hemorrhaging money with zero income in California. Yeah. Um, God damn. Like, you would even burn through an inheritance pretty quickly taking care of at least four people on no oh, income. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Buffy finally has an excellent solution. Insur <laughs> burn it all down! <laughs> Insurance fraud. <laughs> Fuck those bureaucratic cunts. They deserve it. The Scooby gang is unamused. Surprisingly, I thought they'd love that joke, really. That seemed uh, right no, up their alley. Yeah, I... Even Xander was like, just i think it's only just that her delivery is a bit too serious it's a bit dry that's yeah. my favorite part about it it's like <laughs> come on guys you're all worried that she's okay and she's over here cracking jokes yeah come on someone who's sad and lonely and depressed couldn't possibly be funny <laughs> <laughs> exactly my point rex thank you so much so for pointing that out. So, so Buffy sombers down a little and uh, she's like, fine, I'll stop being funny, assholes. And she promises she'll take care of it, but she just doesn't know how yet. But Anya does. <laughs> she decides that the best solution is to just start charging money for saving lives. Um, <clears throat> quote, of the, quote of the day, Buffy responds, that's an idea. That you would have. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking amazing. Uh, Dawn uh, argues against charging people for saving their lives. Uh, and then Anya apparently is like, oh, but Spider-Man charges people. And Xander's over there curling up like a fucking potato bug trying yeah. to pretend he doesn't exist. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, because Don enlists his expertise in settling the argument of whether or not Spider-Man charges for saving lives. And Xander really is the voice of authority on the matter in the the house at the moment. But, so, so yeah, Anya's a little upset about this and she fucks right off. She's like, you never take my side. He's like, I am your side. And he's, <laughs> he's not entirely wrong. No. But what Buffy could do, she could get government funding. The police here right? might be stupid, but they know this city isn't normal. And they know who Buffy is. They would definitely work something out to get her regular funding if she tried. Yeah. You know, just hire her on as a special agent. The fucking police department has money coming out of its ears. Or for fuck's sake. Yeah, by the way, nobody ever defunded police. If you think they did, you're wrong. For fuck's sake. The Watchers pay Giles. And he's he's officially a Watcher now. Why the fuck doesn't she garner a salary? They should have been paying Joyce immediately out of the gate. Oh, yeah. And Buffy. Yeah. Like... Like, hey, guess what? Your family never has to want for anything ever again because this secret ancient organization that's always waiting for this one fucking person to exist. Guess who that one person is? They should be fucking millionaires. Exactly. Exactly. This is this whole plot line is dumb. (laughs) And I didn't write a fucking plot hole emporium for it. And I'm really upset about that right now. Well. We all have regrets in life. <laughs> Thanks, Rex. That really uh, that really cheered me up just now. You're welcome. Yeah. That's what I'm here for. All right. Um, Hello, this guy wants to fight with weapons. I've got it covered from A to Z. From axe to the other axe. I'm fairly certain I said no interruptions. But anyway, outside the house, Xander follows uh, pissed off Anya and they get into a little spat here. But really, their argument has nothing to do with Spider-Man or nothing really to do with Anya not getting back up from Xander. It's just that she wants him to announce their engagement and he is being a chicken shit about it and he doesn't want to do it. Well, I'm I, I buy his line here. Um, that she buys briefly about wanting every step to be just right because he loves her so much. And I agree. The timing just hasn't been right. There's been too much shit going on with Buffy's death and Giles leaving and everybody's sad and he doesn't want to try and like Bogart attention or... You know, announce it at a time where they're going to be robbing themselves of getting the positive attention that Anya wants out of this because nobody will have the spoons to do it, to to give them what they deserve. Yeah. Because they're not having a good time. No, there there is some logic there. I still mostly Um, agree with Xander. mm. I think there is some fear, but that's okay. I think, though, while that is a sound fucking point, after this episode, like things are far enough along in in the season and they're far enough past Buffy being brought back from the dead that it's like you're starting to lose ground on that one there, Xander. We'll burn that bridge when we get there. Arson. It's what this episode's all about is arson. Damn right. <laughs> burning houses for insurance claims and burning bridges. Mm-hmm. 
Or, I mean, they could just continue letting the place flood out. Yes. And then the whole Although place would be is, fucking worthless. That is a problem. How do you set your house on fire if it's soaked through with water because it's flooded? You just, just just burn off the top part. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, the house will look like one of those uh, popsicles you get from the ice cream truck. <laughs> Blue on the bottom, white in the middle, red on top. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that works. <laughs> that made sense, right? <laughs> yeah. My brain does weird things. It's fine. Oh, Willow made a funny comment when they left. She had this wry smirk on her face. I thought she was thinking like, oh, my God, those two as a couple. They're so crazy. But then she says, man, they're throwing away a gold mine in reference to Anya's idea about. Yeah. I agree, actually. No, I. They need to be demanding money from somebody for her services. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, Cut to a bank. Late stage capitalism at its finest. Buffy's applying for a loan. She gets turned down for that loan because she has no income. This fucking guy. Am I right? I mean, he's only doing his job. (laughs) I want to burn off the rest of his hair. He's complicitly doing his job. He loves it. I mean, he loves it. His fucking dead-eyed gaze. At least it's you not... You simply have no income. At least it's not one of those scene, bank scenes where the person is in the process of like losing their house and they're like, oh, my kid was sick in the hospital and I just got f- laid off. And the dude's like, oh, well, we're evicting you anyway. You know, it's not one of those kind of scenes. Yeah, I guess. She's not going to be homeless. It's still first world problems. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. But yeah, Buffy's practicing her uh, her conversation, and then this guy shows up, and um, you can tell she's got the whole conversation planned out in her head, and he just derails it immediately. Yeah. Um, she brought everything to in, this meeting. Including fucking report cards. Yeah. Did they say what grade? No, they didn't. I'm assuming high school. I sure fucking hope so. <laughs> <laughs> no, she pulls out a fucking kindergarten report card right that's that's vital information for a home loan yeah well i mean this is kind of an amazing moment of disillusionment for buffy though i think because she honestly thought that that might be a good character reference for her like look how good i was in school i'm reliable i can pay back a loan that actually has a certain amount of logic to it well and from her perspective the fact that she did decent in school at all with all the shit she was fucking dealing with through high school like yeah. no like that that was a real yeah. accomplishment for her that she's actually proud of but essentially it, welcome to the real world where they're all like hey remember all of that shit you did for your entire childhood that we all told you was so fucking important well it doesn't mean shit it's not important it was really just a way for us to control all of your children while they were growing up to keep idle hands from overthrowing the government and finding out that there are better things than money to run a community. Yeah. Sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> God, we're so not capitalists. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's how Buffy's uh. feeling right about now, I presume. <laughs> And uh, that's how I'd be feeling about about that. Yeah. So yeah, she's got no income. She's denied. Uh, kind of saw that coming. 
This is when he mentions that the property values in Sunnydale have never been competitive. I mean, why would you even want a loan if you have no income? You're just going to bury right. yourself in debt. Well, I mean, think about it. When when you were a kid, you didn't understand money. Fuck, when, when we were, Buffy's supposed to be, what, 19, 20 years old? Right now in this episode? Yeah. yeah. Like, I want to say 20. At most, 21 or 22. Mm-hmm. And like, for fuck's sake, think of what you knew about money then. Well, she's 16 when the series starts, right? Right. And we're in season six. Yeah. So she's 22. Yeah. So 22. Okay. So like, think about how much you knew about money at fucking 22. Like, yeah, I I was had just gotten done putting myself into crippling student loan debt. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't know shit about money. Uh, I blame my childhood. You know, that's <laughs> that's something your parents really should teach you. But when your parents also don't know shit about money or don't have time to teach you shit about money. Anyway, what? but how? When they're working all day and you're at school all day doing, and everybody's just being kept busy running, doing the runaround to make a little bit of money to survive. Yeah. It's a bunch of bullshit. So suddenly there's a, uh, a window crashes and a body flies across the desk and we see a big green demon in civilian clothing. Um, I mean, it's more like lounge lizard clothing. Right. Um, I, I expected, baby, don't hurt me. <laughs> Start blaring and he starts bobbing his head. It's not Lauren. Oh, well, no, he's that's totally different. He wears cool suits. Yeah. This guy looks like he's just wearing a chain necklace and... I'm trying to score. Yeah, I can see that. This guy looks like a douchebag if he were human, but he's a douchebag as a right. demon. So, so it's kind of weird to see a, a fight happen with a demon in daylight. A little bit, but I thought they made it work. Buffy goes to to fight him, realizes she can't kick because she's wearing a skirt, and we get a. Kind of what I think is a fun scene because the demon just fucking uppercuts her. She goes like 10 fucking feet in the air, lands on the banker dude's desk, and then like takes his letter opener and slits her skirt so she can high kick. Yeah, I love that she felt the need to ask permission first. Right. She didn't really wait for the permission, but she was polite about it. You know, good for her. But once she can actually kick, the fight looks like it's not going to last that long. And I don't think it would have if it weren't for the fact that immediately thereafter, a fucking security guard decides he needs to put his dick in the mix. (laughs) What's that? Some pudding? (laughs) I need to put my dick directly in that pudding. Yeah, he fired. Here, taste it. Taste it. He fires his gun, tries to get himself involved. It doesn't work. The demon just throws Buffy at him and then runs away. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the last scene, I fucking love it. Buff Buffy decides to still try and get that loan. She's like, I'm not saying I'm going to charge you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that when the fight started, she was like, no job. I wish. And I was like, yeah, Anya doesn't sound so crazy now, does she? Exactly. And now she's coming back around to this fucking turd of a human being. Um, so, so I'm not saying I'm charging you for saving your life. But. <laughs> How about that loan? You know, a little tit for tat. <laughs> a little quid pro quo. This fucking guy. I, you know, I may not know shit about financial shit, but fuck this guy. And fuck Banks. I think he's the one Buffy needs to be fighting. Leave the demon alone. <laughs> right? Let him steal this government 
protected money. Yeah. It's fucking insured. It, exactly. That's what I meant. It's it's insured. I would I, Yeah, I think the demon's got his point. Shit, the demon's got his shit figured out just fine. There's never a point where I would feel fucking sympathy for the bank for getting robbed. Yeah, exactly. Not a chance. I'm not in your room. I'm in the hallway. The hallway doesn't belong to you. Mom, I could stand in the hallway, right? My friend Sharon's older brother knows a girl who died because she choked on her boyfriend's tongue. Cut to the magic box. Back in the training room, Willow and Buffy are hanging out. Uh, Buffy's going to town on the bag. Willow's, you know, kind of going on about how bullshit the whole situation is, and he still turned her down for the loan. Yeah, Willow hates late-stage capitalism. Also, I knew Willow was cool. Yeah. Except for when she's, you know, fucking evil. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And even then, though. And even then. Right, yeah. I mean, it, I'm okay with her right now because she's she's upset that even after saving that ungrateful tool bag's life, he still turned her down. Uh, she, and then she notices that Buffy is angry and gets excited <laughs> because that's a good thing that you're showing, starting to show the full range of human emotion. And good for you. She immediately fucks it up by pointing it out. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, just be happy for her. Yeah. Don't. Willow, stop putting your dick in the pudding. <laughs> I like that she's all excited about the big powerful emotion. She's being angry and then, oh, it's gone. And so Here, Willow tries to again. fucking piss her off by telling just the most ridiculous of lies. And saying that she slept with Riley. Resorts straight to sleeping with Riley. Not actually, but yeah. claiming. And then when... Ob- Obviously, Buffy doesn't believe that. Quote of the day, Willow says, caught me, big fib, to cover up the sleazy affair I had with Angel. <laughs> like, that's where the joke was. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Way to play that one out, Willow. But yeah, Proud Buffy, of you. Buffy wonders why Willow's trying to piss her off, and then she explains, you know, wanting her to feel emotion. But Willow backs off when she does not get the desired result, and Buffy no. gives her a big old stanky hairy eyeball instead. This is a problem. When anybody is depressed, people around them are like, oh, but you have so much to be happy about. Why are you depressed? It's like, uh, because depressed. That's like, you don't get a fucking option. It's not that easy to just be like, oh, no, I'm fine. Well, but I don't think that's what Willow's trying to do here. Willow's trying to get her to feel her emotions. A little bit. A little bit. She's a little bit doing it. After I did did my notes for this, Caitlin and I were talking about this, and there is a normal thing that happens when a person is depressed and people get tired of them being depressed. Like, when someone first is depressed, people will be like, oh, you're depressed, let's help and make it better. But there comes a time when somebody has... who. It's depressed long enough, people around them get tired of them being depressed, and then they just kind of get shitty about it. Yep. And this is a fairly normal thing that people do. And that's kind of what they're portraying here. Because, yeah, everyone's all worried about Buffy and wor- and upset that she's not happier or whatnot. But for fuck's sake, she was dead. Leave her be. Yeah, she, she really needs to just leave well enough alone. I can agree with that. So... 
Uh, so now we're inside the magic box, and Anya tries to goad Xander into telling Tara and Dawn across the room that um, about their engagement. I mean, for fuck's sake, at least wait till everyone's in the room. Right, and Xander stops, and he's like, he nearly takes the bait, but then he's like, no, I'm going to wait until Buffy and Willow come back in. And, um, I mean, yeah, I was like, that, my, that was my first response, too. Wouldn't she want to wait and tell everyone at the same time anyway? And Xander asks, wouldn't she always wonder if he only did it because she dared him? She's like, ah, good point. But then Tara and Dawn wander over arguing because Dawn wants to do research, but Tara thinks she's too young. I am 100% on Dawn's side here. No, I completely agree because she's roughly the age when Buffy started this shit. So, yep, I think she's well old enough. I think even a year or two ago. And I actually think that canonically, Willow is a year younger than Buffy, so Willow started researching this shit with Buffy and Giles and the whole Scooby game. At about the at same age. The, at this age. At that age, yeah. So, no, she she's completely right in this stance. But I like the, the argument that wins Tara over is like, well, if I don't learn about him here, I'm going to learn about demons in the streets. That was... I liked that line as well. And, you know, maybe she'll just chill the fuck out if she could start feeling more like one of the group and stop being treated like a child. Yeah. It's like, maybe she'll stop acting like a child when you start letting her do adult things. Yes. Um, uh, <laughs> so Tara gives in, gives her the book. She opens the book and then she just looks at it and she goes, quote of the day, that's a weird <laughs> place for a horn. Oh. That's not a horn. That's not a horn. <laughs> and then she slowly closes the book. Love it. But then opens right up to another picture. I was like, no, don't quit there, Dawn. It's going to be okay. And she doesn't, to her credit. She she goes for a different book and opens right up to another picture in another book, which just happens to be the bank robbing demon. No, like, for fuck's sake, let the girl research. She's better at She's better at it than the fucking lot of you. Apparently. <laughs> she just fucking grabs a book and opens it immediately to the right demon. Beginner's luck. <laughs> no. I, I <laughs> Canonically, it's just that she's that good she's and that they're good. dumb. Yep. She looked at that book and she just had a feeling. And That's just, her superpower. That's her superpower. Okay. <laughs> so Xander pontificates what kind of a demon even wants money, leading into what do you even call that kind of demon? And Don tells them... It's an mmm fashionic. They debate the finer points of this pronunciation. Like mm cookies. Like mmm cookies. Yeah, they, they don't debate it, debate it very well. No. But they debate it because um, Xander thinks that maybe, just maybe, it's pronounced mmm fashionic. You know, like yeah. mmm fashionic. Fashnick. <laughs> Fucking asshole. So um, Willow and Buffy finally wander in, and Don conveniently already has... Uh, the page of the book pointing towards them and she's like is this your guy quote of the day <laughs> this this is very probably my actual quote of the day buffy says you do research now do you want a cappuccino and a pack of cigarettes to go with it <laughs> you know what buffy don't fucking tempt me because yes <laughs> yes i do i really really do <clears throat> but again it's just that same fucking argument like she's not that much younger than you when you started. Right, yeah, what's the big fucking deal? And she's like, she's in... already surrounded by this shit all the time anyway. Exactly, and the more you know, the safer you are, for fuck's sake. Yeah. 
You're not going to keep her out of the life. Exactly. Come on. We got to we got to teach this kid to go straight, get a job and live a normal life. Fuck off. But yeah, just as uh, Buffy's going on about it, she trails off and everyone turns to the door and Giles is back. Hey, Giles. It feels like you've been gone for an episode and a half. (laughs) I kind of wish they had dragged that out somehow. Like, oh, don't worry. They will. I think it would have been better if he hadn't been in the season at all. Like, he left when they were on season break. Well, he did kind of leave the halfway through the first episode. So it's right. been more than an episode and a half. I just I think it would have been a bit more oomph to the, the heartstrings if he had just hadn't shown up yet in this, se- in this season. It was, a, it was two and a half episodes. <clears throat> so, whatever. <clears throat> yes, you're probably right. But that's okay, because he fucks off again later. And then we really do get to miss him for like a whole season. So, yeah, Giles is back. Big dramatic reunion. Very touching, actually. Uh, uh, quote of the day here. After he gives a nice big hug to Buffy, he looks at her, and he just is completely awestruck, and he says, you're... A miracle? Yes, but then I always thought so. Yeah, I really liked that yeah. line, too. Oh, It was a great moment. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So, uh, so fatherly loving. Yeah. Like the very emotional, the chemistry between these two is so fucking good for the, the father daughter relationship. Yeah. It was jaw droppingly good chemistry. Yeah. I, I really felt it. The look in Giles's eyes just showcases how fucking good of an actor Anthony Stewart had is. Oh yeah. Like, oh my God. I I had forgotten. Honestly, I was like, shit, this guy really is that (laughs) good. He really is. Fuck. So yeah, the Scooby gang watches Willow looking far too pleased with herself. Uh, she's like, I did this. Fuck you, Willow. Um, I mean, okay, kind of, but also, oh, that's coming to a head soon. Don't don't get cocky, kid. <laughs> so we cut to the street briefly at nighttime. The demon walks yeah. around slightly purposefully and menacingly. Cut back to the training room. I thought that was a dumb cut. Why? Uh, just to sh- I guess just to show that the demon's still around. Yeah, I think it was <clears throat> foreshadowing. I think we were supposed to think that it was on the way to the magic box. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Uh, so yeah, in the back training room, Giles and Buffy are talking and catching up. Uh, Giles is kind of talking about, you know, what he was doing in England. Yeah, he briefly talks about England, which transitions back to him coming back to Sunnydale, which Buffy supposes he finds inconvenient because she's always got these little pockets of really low self-esteem. Yeah. Um, which I find really sad. Uh, but he corrects her to, no, bewildering. Because, yeah, you know, you're leaving a place, you think you're leaving forever, or at least for a damn good long time, yeah. and then you're back a week or two later. Right. Well, and I did like that he mentioned uh, how he almost beat the odds by making a new friend at his age. Which is statistically impossible for a man of his age. And the older I get, the more I realize that's probably true. Yeah. It's really fucking sad and annoying. Um, so yeah, Giles goes for the, how are you really tactic (laughs) and yields halfway decent results more at least than anyone else seems to be able to get out of her, uh, besides spike. He also is asking it in a way that is more genuine than literally anyone else. Yeah. Everyone else is 
everyone else is just like, are you okay? Yeah. Whereas he's like, like, how are you? Really? Like, there's a vast, vast fucking difference between, are you okay? Mm -hmm. And like, anytime shit is going rough in your life, the last thing you want to fucking hear is someone's, are you okay? Not necessarily always, but a lot of times it's not well-timed. It gets old quick. Yeah. People's timing on it is shit for sure. Yeah. So uh, basically she's having nightmares because of the whole waking up in a coffin thing. And I do have a quote of the day here, but it's kind of a back and forth between Giles and Buffy. Do you happen to have it written down? Is it the, well, so the one I have is Buffy is like, oh, now you're back. And Giles just says, yes. And Buffy responds with, wow, Giles, are you miserable about it or just really British? Just really British. And he is just really British. (laughs) Yeah, I really liked the line. Giles says, uh, you seem to be doing remarkably well under extreme circumstances. I'm proud of you. Buffy responds, well, actually, it wasn't me. Willow brought me back. I just lay there. (laughs) (laughs) He says, you know what I meant. And she says, I know what you meant. I was, it was just a little post, post mortem comedy. (laughs) Yeah, I fucking love that. And I was like, wait, is that an I died twice joke or is that I came back from the dead joke? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It works both ways. She's on her post post. Post post. I think there's four posts. If we're doing I died twice and came back each time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot to keep track it's of. It's too much to keep track of. <laughs> but Buffy, if she were a Midwesterner at this point in the conversation, would have slapped her thighs and stood up <laughs> saying, well, and Giles would have taken that as his cue to leave. But instead, Buffy's like, well, there's always slaying to prep for and starts wrapping her hands for punching. And Giles is like. Uh, yes there's always that and then he fucks off yeah so it's pretty much it's the californian equivalent of the midwestern well there's a great deal of myth about dragon imagine the trick to defeating him lies in separating the fact from the fiction what kind of an unholy creature fancies cheap tasteless statue Back to the front of the store. Yep. <laughs> I fucking love this part. Anya runs up and hugs him. And it's just like, you can't have the store back. You signed papers and everything. <laughs> <laughs> and what's funny is I believe that she missed him. Oh, yeah. And also that she's worried about him trying to take the store back. <laughs> well, just with how she felt when he like he wouldn't leave. And she's like, just fucking leave. It's my store now. Mm-hmm. And then, like, he comes back. I can imagine the fear that she has. <laughs> it's like, no, I just got this. I mean, he doesn't bat an eye. He's like, yes, I know. That's, yes, I did. I signed papers. It's fine. And so Giles asks about the demon that Dawn shows him um, in the book page. And he confirms that it is pronounced mm fashnik like, like mm cookies. cookies. <laughs> uh, however, it is quite different from cookies. You probably yes. do not want to eat this demon. It will not be sweet and chocolatey. No, no. Uh, in fact, uh, they are mercenaries that slaughter and cause mayhem for the highest bidder. But uh, what's out there that's powerful enough to control one? Q. Warren's- three dumbasses who aren't. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, Warren, Jonathan, and what's his tits? Andrew. Warren Mears, Jonathan Levinson, and Andrew Wells. Sitting in Warren's mom's basement. Robotics, magic, and demons. Uh. Yep. And there's a video of GoldenEye64 playing on a TV behind them for some reason. Nobody appeared to be actively playing video games. And I did actually make a note in my notes that the uh, brother's name is Tucker. Hmm. The brother's name? Yeah. Uh, Tucker Wells sent hellhounds at the prom and that was andrew's brother yes okay i'll have to go back and check that out so uh yeah they're all sitting there and angry demon is angry he knocks over some boxes i can't tell if he believes them still about being powerful men who command machines magics and control the demon realms but he's definitely suspicious at this point i mean honestly it's kind of on him for believing them in the first place right Uh, Because, I mean, look at them. Look at them. (laughs) But anyway, he's mostly pissed off about being pitted against the Slayer as he views it. Although they didn't do that on purpose. Andrew's right about that. Or Jonathan. Jonathan's the one who pitches that argument. And uh, Buffy just happened to be there. It wasn't their fault. And that's that's true. That's true. Either way, he rightfully feels the need to murder their leader. And they all sell each other out immediately. Yeah. And then Warren and Andrew find it more convenient to conspire against Jonathan as soon as he steps up to pay the demon with money. So no good deed goes unpunished. But uh, he's not interested in money. He just wants the Slayer dead. They even offer him a sex bot and uh, (laughs) a spell that makes him look cool to other demons and something else. I don't fucking know. Some bullshit. Yeah, I didn't... He almost seemed interested in the sex bot. He was like, <laughs> you can do that? Hmm. Hmm. But, uh, he, the, but the man knows what he wants. He's like, fuck that. I want the Slayer dead. I want her dead. So they step aside to put together a plan. Uh, the cookies demon desires a death that involves pain. 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 Loss of pain. Yes. And brooding, but mostly pain. <laughs> Emotional pain? No physical pain. <laughs> okay, maybe emotional pain. I don't know. Um, <laughs> cut to Buffy's living room. Yes, where Buffy is setting Giles up on the couch with some whimsical bedding. It's so adorable, I could just scream. <laughs> or what did she say? Um, I don't, I isn't it so now. cute you could just die? Something yeah, like that. something like that. And, yeah, she's all embarrassed that they're cutesy kids' patterns, but Giles is gracious and forgiving. I think nothing of it. And I was like, that's the right way to be polite yeah. about that. Yeah. Uh, he calls But also, them, like, who the fuck cares? Who the fuck cares? The man's tired. He had a long flight. Uh, he calls them whimsical because they are. And Buffy segues into money problems by complaining that the sheets don't fit, a problem that could be solved with a financed pullout sofa with no payments until 2000 Infinity. <laughs> and th- then she levels with him that she's broke, but promises she's going to try to not think about it for a minute or the evening anyway. Quote of the day here. Yep. She specifically says, figure I'd, figured I'd put it out of my mind, you know, take a break, get some perspective, and then wake up at 4 a.m. terrified. Yeah, like Which you do. That's, that's the American way to handle money problems. Yep. Wake up in a cold sweat. Pull out sofa. (laughs) (laughs) 
Sorry, what's that you say about pulling out? <laughs> um, I had to. I'm sorry. God. I'm a bad person. You always got to take it to the sexy place. Well, shut up and pull out, Rex. <sighs> God. We're, we're, I was going to say filming a podcast here. <laughs> we're not. But filming. we are in no way filming. We are recording. Okay. So he thinks she's uh, putting too much pressure on herself. Uh, after all, people who haven't been to a hell dimension and back get overwhelmed too. Yeah. But he promises to go through all the bills with her and work it out together. And Buffy is super glad that he's back when he says this. And Giles returns the sentiment. He's like, I'm glad you're back too, Buffy. And he tries to put a comforting hand on hers and she gets up and leaves. Granted, the eye contact was consistent that it's possible she started getting up before he started to try and reach for her hand. But she knew what she was doing. Yeah, I think she did. She absolutely did, and Giles senses this. Um, And, yeah, sorry, Giles, you you pressed the magic bad red button with the even people who haven't been to a hell dimension. It's like, yeah, well, but we don't know that. (laughs) Buffy hasn't explicitly said that. So now uh, it, she leaves Giles in the lurch, and he now knows that there's more. Something's not quite right. There's more wrong than meets the eye. His 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 librarian sense is tingling. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. His Ripper sense is ting- tingling. Cut back to uh, Nerd Central, Warren's mother's basement. Correct. <laughs> The trio's debating killing Buffy. Jonathan and Andrew don't want to. Jonathan particularly is like, she saved my life multiple times. Plus, he thinks she's hot. Yeah. Like, for fuck's sake, Jonathan was going to commit suicide. (laughs) Right. So, you know, and saved him from a demon that he called up by casting a spell. Yeah. So, you know, I think he should probably not try to kill her. I think trying to kill her is just rude at this point. I mean, it is kind of Jonathan's uh, prerogative. He is the slayer after all. (laughs) Wait, was he the slayer in that episode? I forget. He wasn't the slayer. He was just a badass. He was just a badass, yeah. And Buffy was still the slayer. Well, I ruined it. I was trying to bring back the joke. That's okay. It's been too long. (laughs) No, so they... That was a brilliant episode, though. It was. If I do say so myself. And you do. Excuse me while I pat myself on the back. <laughs> and you. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was brilliant. It's a collective pat that, on the that back. That was brilliant. That was honestly one of our best moments. If we do say so ourselves. You already said that, though. Yes. Um. So. Anyway, they, they had planned to take over Sunnydale, not kill Buffy. And they take a vote. And, of course, Warren votes to kill Buffy. Andrew and Jonathan vote to not kill Buffy. Warren's like, oh, let me deal with this then. He, he pulls... I think he, he eventually does vote to not kill Buffy. Well, yeah. Reluctantly votes and, to not kill Buffy. Right. And they all vote with the... They put up the fucking live long and prosper hands. Yeah. I'm like, come on. So he pulls Fashnik aside and gives him Buffy's name and address. Yeah. It's like, you want, a, you want her dead? Here's her name and address. Have at it. 
Yeah, none of them apparently could hear him from three feet away yeah. tell him to do this and simply believe him to be a Jedi master because they're all fucking clowns. Yeah. And and not the fun kind. No, not the fun kind like, at all. make me some balloons, assholes. <laughs> make me some animal balloons. Of course, they went for all the fucking nerdy, geeky tropes that you can possibly yeah. think of. D&D, Star Trek, Star Wars, Mom's Basement. The if the whole thing reeks a little bit of the Big Bang Theory to me. Yeah. Oh um, God, yeah. It, it bothers me just a little bit, but whatever. Let's roll with it. I mean, they did peg the toxic masculinity thing. Like, no, it's they got definitely very, got that part. It's got a very Beavis and Butthead feel, where like the only thing they value is scoring. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna bang chicks. Yeah. yeah. No, Shut they up. definitely got that part right. At least. <laughs> Shut up, Beavis. God. We cut back to Buffy's house. Yeah. Where Scary Giles is scary. <laughs> and Willow doesn't take criticism very well. No. Giles asks Willow about the spell. And she's going on about it. And her entire attitude about it is like, I was it was scary, but I'm so cool and look what I did. You you're so proud of me. Yeah, you should be impressed. And until he's like, You are you're a very stupid girl. Yeah. And then the, just rips into her. From the, this entire fucking scene is such an intense scene. The very first thing she says to him, she's like, hey, did you have a good conversation with Buffy? And he's, he gives the oddest response. He's like, yes, now she's back. It's like, that's not really what she asked, Giles. But you can see what's on his mind, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Will is like, yeah, isn't it great? She's back. She doesn't care. She wanted to hear that. Yeah. Um, I think she she is definitely only hearing what she wants to hear. Yeah, exactly. But I also think he was kind of poking her into this a little bit. Yeah. Um, well, which I don't think is a bad thing. I, I think, think she he, needs to hear he's this. Trying to, he's trying to go about it gently, but he's just so fucking angry. And also, she's not getting the point exactly. at all. Because... So now he wants to know about the spell, specifically, that she casts to bring Buffy back. And Willow's far too eager to not only tell the truth, but is way too excited about it. Yeah. A snake came out of my mouth. It was so scary, but I kept my shit together when the demons fucking attacked us. And, I, just, I you know, we can't read the whole scene, but there, right. were, there were some highlights here that are more One important of, than others. Uh, the main quote that jumped out at me was at one point Giles says having Buffy back makes me feel indescribably wonderful but I wouldn't congratulate you if you jumped off a cliff and survived yes and that's like no I'm not going to congratulate you for managing to survive something really fucking stupid yeah but Willow is so arrogant at this point um, she's like I wasn't lucky I was amazing um, and he's She's like, you You weren't even there. How would you know? And I think this is my real takeaway from the scene because he really punctuates this at the end of the scene. If there's only one line you hear this entire scene, it is this. Yep. Um, in, in reference to you weren't even there, he says, if I had been, I'd have bloody well stopped you. The magics you channeled are more ferocious and primal than anything you can hope to understand. And you are lucky to be alive. You rank arrogant amateur yeah yeah 
it's brought up that the only people who would have done this spell are bad guys. And she even's like, yeah, but they're bad guys and I'm not. And it's like, Mm. 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 I mean, Ugh. you're kind of missing the point here. Yeah. <laughs> so the the most disturbing part of Willow's reaction here to me is uh, she's like, yeah, you're right. I am powerful. So maybe you shouldn't piss me off. Right. So I think that moment right there is maybe it could be our first or it could be our second true flicker of Dark Willow. Yeah. Uh, I mostly just can't fathom that she would react this way to her mentor, someone she trusts and looks up to and I would imagine craves his approval, but she doesn't barely flinch except at the very beginning of this. I mean, and I, I just think that's that's so indicative of the fact that like she's getting too power hungry. I think, yeah, the dark magic is starting to consume her and it's changing her. Yeah. Um, to the point where she doesn't even care or listen to um, loving reason. Right. No matter how angry it is. It um, isn't about, to her, it's slowly becoming that it's not about what's the right and wrong thing to do. It's about what can she manage to pull off. Yeah. She uh, she was so worried about if she could that she didn't stop to think exactly. about whether or not she should. Exactly. Yes. No, that's exactly right. Good call. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> but yeah, it, the whole thing, her reaction just chills me the whole time. Her little innocent act and treating Giles like she's suddenly his equal in experience. Right. Like he's naive or some shit. And this line where she's like, oh, come on, let's not fight. I'll think about what you said. And I'm like, I don't fucking buy it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you, I don't think Giles buys it for a fucking second. Not either. for a fucking second. Yeah. She's like, don't worry, Giles. I'll punish myself. <laughs> I'll, I'll think about what you said that that'll make you shut the fuck up and go away. Right. <laughs> like I can see a million other mansplaining pricks deserving this kind of a response, but, but not, not Giles. Giles, not Giles, not Giles. No, and he has done nothing but try and support you. Yes. And he, yeah, sure. He's pulled you back. He's maybe held her back a little bit. But he's trying to be try like, like this is dangerous shit. Yeah, I'm gonna. I was gonna say he's trying to protect her, and she needs that. Yeah, this is dangerous shit because magic is very real. You see, <laughs> <laughs> we know this as adults with yes. a podcast. Yes, we are experts on the matter. You're welcome, <laughs> Christ. <laughs> so. Giles ties up the conversation with two very important observations. Yeah. We still don't know where she was or what happened to her. And I'm far from convinced she's come out of this hole undamaged. Uh, which that last line Buffy overhears on the back porch. Well, she overheard a good <laughs> amount of it, I think. Uh, yeah, but they did. Uh, they overlapped that yeah. line with a shot of Buffy. So, right. yeah. Uh, and of course, Spike is here. And he's comforting her, and he's actually doing a pretty decent job at it. He's doing an excellent job. They bond a little over over him throwing a cigarette butt. She doesn't even have to look up, and she knows that it's him. And I'm like, that's unconventional, but I love it. Aw, he's throwing his drug garbage at me. <laughs> that's so cute. 
<laughs> and this is a moment where Buffy explains kind of the struggle with being depressed, how like you're depressed and people want you to not be depressed, but that doesn't make it easy to be de- to not be depressed. And she's exhausted pretending to be okay so that nobody worries about her. And then Spike finishes her sentence essentially about that makes them worry more. And she's like, yeah, you get me. And quote of the day here, Spike sits down next to her and says, you want me to take them out? Give me a hell of a headache, but I could probably thin the herd a little. And she <laughs> finds it endearing. To be fair, his delivery was. like It was. He, he wasn't being was, serious. He just threatened everyone she loves and cares about. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Like you haven't done that to make someone feel better. I don't recall, Rex. <laughs> I'm honestly not sure. Well, like... The the sort of thing that comes to mind. Sometimes for me, I recommend that they kill everyone. The sort of thing that comes to <laughs> mind for me is like at least on one or two occasions, like when Caitlin couldn't sleep or has insomnia or something, I kindly offer to go get the baseball bat. <laughs> and I'm not serious, and I'd never do it, but it's funny at the time. It is kind of funny. <laughs> so. Yeah, we're we are almost all the way to the top of the hill of this fucked up drama roller coaster. Yeah. I can't wait for the drop. <sighs> Buffy pontificates on why he's always around when she's miserable. Um, well, I I have a theory. <laughs> it's because she likes the broody boys. No, the theory the the truth of the matter is just that uh, he's always around. He just doesn't make it known that he's there unless she's alone unless she's alone (laughs) yeah he's stalking you yeah (laughs) no big deal i don't see what the problem is but he he's also drawn to the broody girls i guess yeah so um yeah birds of a feather what are you gonna do also because yeah when she's alone it's the easiest to stalk her yeah so endearing but it works out great because neither of them are much for crowds these days they do some bonding over just not wanting to be around people anymore. Last but not least, don't go to Spike for financial advice. <laughs> Motherfucker is 128 years old and still piss ass broke. Yep. <laughs> Thank you very much. I will always be here for you. And you've got Mr. Giles and your friends. Believe me nothing to be afraid of. so we cut to the living room no sign of like how long after all of that this was but dawn and giles in the living room dawn comes downstairs can't sleep oh yeah i imagine it's several hours later this feels like two or three in the morning to me yeah uh giles can't sleep either Don's like, you ever wonder what it's like to combine all the cereal you have into one bowl? Yeah, she's about to do a suicide bowl of cereal. <laughs> and uh, she invites Giles to the party and he's like, uh, why don't I be a, a control to your experiment? Because in my old age, I've grown a distaste to uh, throwing up. <laughs> <laughs> And they're uh, interrupted by the doorknob rattling. I just got to say, every time we have these moments where it's like, man, I relate to Giles so much. It just, we're getting old. It hurts so good. (laughs) It hurts so good. 
Because he's like, it's Giles and like awesome. Giles is awesome. Yeah. But also, yeah. if only we could ever hope to be as sexy as Giles. Exactly. It's just not ever, let alone at his age. <laughs> yeah. Because he's what in his forties there. Late, uh, I think late forties. I think he's in his fifties by this. Fuck! Point. How old is he now? He'd oh, be in his seventies. I think so. That poor bastard. Yeah. Which, by the way, I specifically did. Huh, nice. He's sixty nine. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I did look up how old Spike is canonically here, and I'm pretty sure it is exactly one hundred twenty eight. But there's yeah. some discrepancy on right. that due to some fuckery that they bad did. writing. Bad writing. Correct. <laughs> So the doorknob starts rattling, and door break down with angry demon. Um, like, who? Polite- why the fuck did he try the door? <laughs> well, because it might have just been open. But you know, he so he breaks down the door, and then angry demon politely offers some Kool Aid <laughs> to the household for a nominal fee. Just kidding. They fight. Can we just? Can I just mention? God damn, Michelle Trachtenberg has such a good fucking screen. <laughs> you know, like, it must be so good that I didn't question it. It's top-notch horror movie scream. It's impressive shit, honestly. The yeah. the just the the whole delivery and everything. It definitely didn't make me go, "Ow, my ears." So, or maybe that's a bad thing. But you're claiming that it's good, so I'm going to no, take your word for it. It's a great horror movie screen. I was convinced that she was frightened. Yeah. Let's go with that. Yeah. I, I recall that anyway. So Buffy interrupts as he's about to attack Don for not being the Slayer. I mean, geez, he wants to attack Buffy for being the Slayer. You just can't please some people. Right. <laughs> Jeez. So... Things Buffy quips about him breaking uh, as they fight are uh, the door including and not limited to <laughs> the door the coffee the table. coffee table the lamp uh one of my quotes of the day here though is the demon's like you cost me slayer and buffy's response is i cost you that's a designer lamp you mook i decided <laughs> i'm going to use that line when i get around to making a specifically season six opener nice that's gonna be buffy's line that's a designer lamp, you mook. <laughs> no, it's a, it's such a good fucking line. Love it. Also, you mook. <laughs> mook is not used enough anymore. Right? It's excellent. <laughs> isn't, it, uh, isn't it somehow racist? I have no idea. I'll look up the etymology later. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, the fight's happening and Spike comes in to help. Yeah, he gets him in a headlock, and Buffy's like, "No, take him into the kitchen." And he wants him. She wants him into the kitchen because she wants him down into the basement. Yeah, but first they break a china bowl on the kitchen table. Yep. They almost break a vase, but Buffy catches it and saves it. Yep. Good save, Buffy. Um, they definitely break the back door window. Yep. Um, so many memories with that back door. <laughs> Giggity. No, specifically though, that back door makes me think of the scene where Spike is inside the house with Joyce. Yes, very much <laughs> so. Buffy's- I think about that almost every time we see the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> Who was outside? Was it Buffy or Angel? Angel was outside. That's right. And Angel like, couldn't come. No, inside. you have to listen to me, Joyce. And Spike's back there, like. Yeah. <laughs> that might just be the best scene that ever it's, happened. No, it's good. It's excellent. 
Because Spike would never hurt Joyce. Right. He loves Joyce. Everyone loves Joyce. Mostly. Sure. <laughs> Buffy definitely really loves Joyce. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> she gets the, the mook down into the basement. Yeah. And then beats him to death with a fucking pipe. And he fucking deserves it because he pulled that pipe out of the plumbing that had just kind of sort of gotten fixed. Right? No, I, like... I think it, it was a band-aid fix anyway, because they still just, needed the full copper repipe. I just want to. I just want to uh, word it this way: Buffy in the basement with the copper pipe. Mm-hmm. It was murder. Oh, like clue! Buffy in You're the basement right. with the copper pipe. Yeah, we needed uh, Tim Curry to come in and yeah. spell that one out. Yeah, but he wasn't here. No. Good thing we have Anthony Stewart Head, right? Who is the next best Frankenfurter that ever happened? Yes. Probably. And then after the demon's down and dead, Spike pokes his head down into the basement. Oh, did you know this place was flooded? (laughs) (laughs) And she's she's got that just completely defeated look on her face. You know the one. I know the one anyway. I've felt that. Mm -hmm. I felt that a lot in my life. It's like, nope, that's not the eighth, 18th time I've been reminded of that at all. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so we cut to Douche Nozzle McGee's times three. Yeah, and it's a dumb scene. I fucking hate them. <laughs> yeah, they're they're pretty fucking dumb. They've got a flamethrower, a useless periscope, and a terrarium full of no, action figures. To them, it's not useless because Andrew has it pointed at Warren's mom. Yeah. And the whole time in this scene, anytime it points at Andrew, you see on the screen behind him, it just looking at your mom's planting petunias or something. They just use it to be skeezy. Yeah. Is he creeping on his mom? Yes. You think he's he's like into Warren's mom? Yes. Weird. I thought it. See, it just seemed to me like it was funny because great. Now you can't see anything useful. All you can see is Warren's mom. But if he's perving on Warren's mom, I I don't know how to finish that sentence. (laughs) Um, Then I guess it's way more useful than I thought it was. Confused look on my face, asterisks. Yeah, it's dumb. Um, The whole fucking... Yeah, it's pretty dumb. And so, yeah, if you ever wondered what three nerds in their early 20s would do with a bank robbery's worth of cash, now you know. Uh, It's not move out of their mom's house. It's be losers, but with more stuff. Yeah. So their new top goal now is to hypnotize Buffy into being their willing sex bunny. Hard air quotes. Um, Hey, guys. Hard air quotes on willing. Yeah. It's not how that works. Yeah. Hey, guys. That's not how consent works. (laughs) So this firmly establishes them as villains because they don't know how consent works. And uh, they joke about living the dream, having everything without earning it. Jonathan likens it to a wormhole. Andrew ruins it with some nerdy shit about how wormholes aren't possible. Um, I don't know if there was any real science to that. No. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Warren's an asshole and has a a very ahead of its time VR visor. Yeah. But we didn't see any graphics from it, so it's just a fucking visor. Um, Jonathan's bad at smoking. You get the idea. They're fucking nerds. And, yep. and douchebags. And dumbasses. Really more douchebags is the problem than yeah. nerds. Be nerds all day. Nerds are that's, fine. That's fine. But don't be douchebag nerds. They're definitely douchebag nerds. That's the real problem. So uh, cut to Buffy's house. Where Willow and Dawn are trying to fix the lamp. Xander is trying to fix the table. 
Buffy and Anya Anya are trying to fix the finances. Everyone's trying to fix something, Mm -hmm. and no one's going to fix anything. Xander disparages Joyce's frugality regarding coffee tables. Anya gives Buffy an estimate on household repairs. Anya recommends credit card debt, but Buffy disagrees, kind of, which is good. Uh, Giles knows he's in America now because he's been knocked unconscious. I mean, (laughs) poor lumpy Giles. Poor lumpy Giles. Uh, Mmm, still lumpy. (laughs) Name that movie. Uh, short circuit. Hey, you got it. <laughs> I mean, I've never been knocked unconscious, and I'm an American, so what am I doing wrong? <laughs> I have been knocked unconscious. Well, okay, except by myself, <laughs> except for getting my wisdom teeth pulled out. Um, they did knock me unconscious for that, but with drugs. <laughs> right. So. Tara wonders what the demon wanted. Buffy wishes she knew who hired him. Willow reacts. Um, Willow redacts her offer to do a locator spell after Giles. After Giles's <laughs> eyeball grows hair on the spot. That it's was like, some serious stank eye. It's like a werewolf eyeball. That's how fucking hairy it is. Uh, Xander declares the coffee table dead. Willow and Dawn declare the lamp dead. They all go outside to give the shit a proper burial in the garbage. Yep. And then Giles kind of makes a solid attempt at comforting Buffy, uh, but that is interrupted by a phone ringing. Buffy goes to answer it. Buffy goes to answer it, and then fucking cartoon bolts out the goddamn door. I loved what she said when the phone rings. She's like, who's calling me? Everybody I know lives here. (laughs) Yeah. Except for Xander and Anya, whatever, who cares? Dawn supposes it's the creditors hounding them already and that they'll starve and she'll end up making toys in a poorly ventilated sweatshop. I love Giles's reaction (laughs) here. He's like, poorly ventilated. What books have you been reading? (laughs) And I'm like, the true ones, Giles. Yeah. The true ones. History books, Giles. (laughs) History books. (laughs) Buffy needs to go see Angel right meow because not tomorrow not after dealing with bills okay thanks bye leaving Giles and Dawn literally holding the wreckage of her life as she walks out yeah and and like you were starting to say yes cartoonishly quickly yeah it's like my ex-boyfriend called and I just came back from the dead and I need to go see him because this is a lot of shit and I don't like it I'm sad and he's sad and we're sad together. We're, we're going to be sad together and we're going to make sad babies, but we can't do that. And that's going to make me more sad. And you know what? I'm kind of happy for her. Gerarg. Ger fucking arg. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength. strength. Give, 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 give me more. Nights I shall give, walk give, in the give, 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 You've got something here. I bet when she picked up the phone, all she heard was, God damn it, (laughs) Buffy. I'm so broody. Don't you know? you're alive. How broody it makes me to hear that you're alive again. (laughs) God damn it, Buffy. No, I like to think that she picked up the phone <laughs> and she didn't even get through his whole thing. She just got through the, God damn it, Buffy, I'm so click. And then she left. <laughs> <laughs> On my way. <laughs> God 
on my way. I think that's how then, far she made it. And then he's like, <laughs> now I get to be sad about that. God damn it. <laughs> it just, for the next several hours, he's just sitting there in his room. Just absolutely flabbergasted at how god damn broody Buffy makes him. I like to think he's actually sitting at, like, standing at the desk of the hotel. <laughs> okay. Everybody else is in the room. Yeah, every- and they're just walking around him like he's not Wesley. even there. He's just like, <laughs> Angel, are you hungry? God damn it. Fred, don't you know I don't eat? God damn it. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Okay, okay. Uh, quote of the day. What's your quote of the day? Quote of the day? Yeah. What? We're skipping right over how do you feel about this no, episode? No, we're going we're gonna to discuss how we feel about the episode after quote of the day. Okay, well, I... Give me a second. Yeah, I called it during the episode. You do research now? You want a cappuccino and a pack of cigarettes to go with it? That's my quote of the day. I'm also going to give my quote of the day to Buffy for... Figure I'd, figure I'd put it out of my mind, you know, take a break, get some perspective, and then wake up at 4 a.m. terrified. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because the delivery first off, but also that's just, that's the American way of dealing with finance trouble. Damn right it is. <laughs> hey, that's the majority of my student loan debt. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm actually getting rid of a solid quarter of my student loan debt this month, and I'm just like, it makes no difference. <laughs> it's a drop in the fucking bucket. <laughs> I mean, they can't come after me for the rest of it as long as I don't misstep and give right. them a way to come after me again yeah. by, like, admitting that it's my debt or something. Right. But, uh, yeah, I probably still won't be getting a, a mortgage loan anytime soon. Yeah, same. <laughs> Hard same. All right, all right. So how would you feel about this episode? Well, I didn't like it no it's fine um uh this episode was good (laughs) good things happened character development i always like to fall back on character development let's let's run down the list here um buffy is as willow said starting to show some range of emotion again yeah she's starting to do that she's starting to crack jokes again she's coming out of it yeah slowly but surely um giles we got to every time we get to see a glint of ripper in his eye i am there for it no the giles in this episode we get the uh fatherly love and uh, Ripper anger. Those are the two things we need the most from him. Yes. And it's excellent. It's excellent. Thank you very much, Anthony Stewart. Head. No, like, honestly, if you took out the demon plot and the trio, mm-hmm. like, it's an excellent episode. Yeah. It, sure, we, need, we needed to have a demon for her to kill, but other than that, whatever. Who cares? That was all just pointless fluff and foreshadowing to future plot. I don't give a shit about it whatsoever. The yeah, rest of it, it was fantastic. It was a, honestly the demon was a great device for two different things in this episode, exacerbating her financial troubles. Yeah. From both ends, like while she was trying to get a loan and he physically fucked up her house that she was already having issues with. Um 
and it introduced us to the big bad of the season. Yeah. They used that demon very well in this episode, I thought. I didn't give a shit about the demon himself. No. Who he was a thug. He was a and, device. And the beauty of it was is it was written as like he was written as a thug. He's just oh, he's a demon for hire. Yeah. And that was it. They didn't fucking they didn't bother. add to it. They didn't Giles need to. closed the book and he was like, Oh, he's a mercenary. It's yeah, fine. that's fine. <laughs> and for once they didn't add shit onto it that we just didn't fucking need. There was no unnecessary bullshit surrounding that demon. It it served his purpose perfectly well and perfectly plausibly. And I actually really liked how the fucking episode came full circle of like starting in the basement and ending in the basement. Yeah. That was it was a good it was a well-written episode. Yeah. I'm even really liking where um Spike and Buffy's relationship right now, and I'm just going to enjoy it while I can. Try and yeah. not to think about how they got there or where it's going, but I really like where it's at. Yeah. You know? Um, you can almost believe that he's at least genuine. Yeah. Anya and Xander, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> kind of just whatever. Uh, I, 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 you know, I, I don't agree biggest... with either of them. I don't agree. Right. She should be a little more understanding of him, and he should be a little more understanding of her. I think that there's a little bit of the writers not really fully knowing what to do with them, and I think that that's the thing that happens... Or I think that's the cause when we get characters and relationships in this series that, like, devolve into bickering. Yeah. When two people bicker, like, because bickering is lazy shit writing. Yeah. And so when the two when the two characters are bickering, then that's like, okay, the writers don't know what the fuck they're doing with them right now. Uh-huh. And I think that's what we're getting with Anya and Xander, and I'm... Eh, eh. Right. Don, though. Dawn, we get to see uh, her growing up a little. Yeah. She's coming into her own a little more. She's engaging with the group in healthy ways for attention instead of uh, just trying, instead of being a child. Yeah. You know, I think she's started, really starting to pull her weight Honestly, into adulthood. Honestly, the only one in the entire group in this episode that treated her like a child was Buffy. This episode, yeah. This episode. Um, I mean, Tara kind of was, but I think she was more trying to uh, hold up Buffy's yeah. wishes. Yeah. More so than she really felt that Dawn was too young. Right. But no, I think it was an excellent episode. Great fucking character development. An episode that we finally get a really good wide range of quotes, not just from one fucking character. Because a lot, a lot of the episodes we've had lately, it's like, oh, it's it was all, all the good lines are Anya, all Anya, yeah. But no, like, oops, all Anya. <laughs> <laughs> well, oops, you're about to be all off you in a second. <laughs> well, this is this has been another episode of Beer with Buffy. Uh, don't forget to like us on Facebook. Join our Facebook group. We like to do fun things on there sometimes. Post memes and the like. Uh, follow us on Twitter, X, whatever. Or don't. I can't wait till that site falls apart. I just, yeah. <laughs> whatever. If you'd like to support our show, there's a number of ways you can do that. You could uh, give us a review on iTunes, which is one of the best ways. If you give us a review and you send us a screenshot of that review, we will send you a sticker. Uh, if we get enough reviews, we'll 
you know, give away a free hoodie to one of our reviewers. If you'd like to support us financially, you can do that by buying some of our merch, beerwithbuffy.com slash shop. Or you could do so directly, become one of our executive doodle-doos. Join our new executive doodle-doo, Audrey, two French last names. Welcome. Patreon.com slash beerwithbuffy. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can do that by giving giving us a call on our voicemail line or texting that line, 269-743-0783. You can message us on our socials and also just send us an email, beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. And as always, thanks for thanks to JJ Treadway for opening closing transition music. This has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. Have a good night. Keanu Speed Rex. <laughs> Reads to be with you. Whoa. done why are we watching this <laughs>